Spacious box. What is going on, everybody? You are tuned in to the Check Engine Podcast. It's the only podcast produced by three winners of IMSA's Spirit of the Race Award. Welcome aboard. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Nick. I've got the usual panel with me. To my left, I've got Andrew. How are you? I am doing really well. I am very excited for this episode. I think it's going to be really interesting. This is going to be a fun episode. The last episode was a lot of deep thought and deep conversation and debate, and this one is a little more fluff, I guess. A little yeah, lighter. It's a little lighter. A little yeah. lighter. I think this will be very revealing um, <clears throat> to uh, how each of our car tastes were founded, I think. <clears throat> At least mine are all picks from, you know, like cars I liked when I was younger. So it's okay. going to be interesting. This is, this is going to be a fun one. Um, what do you think about this episode, Tristan, producer oh. who's also here? I am also quite excited. Um, I... Yes, I think it will be illuminating to the fact that I like Volkswagens. Um, you know, let's just face it, it's going to be an unavoidable fact of this podcast for <laughs> hopefully years to come. It's not a spoiler if you already know it. It's um, Unless this is the first time you've ever tuned in, that's not news. Right, True. so I, I'm not spoiling anything. Um, but I'm very excited because the research has allowed me to find things I didn't even know existed. Um, so, uh, And I'm a huge Volkswagen fan. I was like, wait, they made this? And... So it's pretty cool stuff. So I am also excited. I'm really anxious to hear what what you guys are going to talk about because the world of concept cars is one I must not have delved into before because, wow, there's, there's a lot, lot of there. stuff out there. There's, there's a lot, lot of yeah. cool stuff. Yeah, but I'm excited to see what you guys pick. This is, this is going to be a great episode. Um, you know, the last episode, frankly, took a lot out of me. That was a tough one. <laughs> that, was full of <laughs> that was a tough one for me. I'm happy I made it through. We've got a little bit new ambiance. We've got the, the classic Gulf Oil flag adorning our, our podcast room this evening. Mm-hmm. Get us in the mood. Um, this is going to be a fun one. This is just going to be awesome. Um, before we get into it, though, I want to make sure that you all know where to find us. Um, we're at checkenginepodcast.com. That gives you links to anywhere we're streamed, including anchor.fm slash checkenginepodcast. It also gives you links to all of our socials. You can find blogs on there. Um, we, each, we try to get you a blog once a week from one of us. Um, you can also reach out to us directly via that website um, using either inbox at checkenginepodcast.com or any one of our names, Nick. Tristan or Andrew at CheckEnginePodcast.com. Listen, guys, we're not pros. We're just three guys who love talking cars, and we want to have these discussions with you. We don't want to just talk at you. So please reach out. Give us your thoughts on any of these episodes, your opinions. Let let us know why we're right or why you think we're wrong. And um, we appreciate you participating. So let's get into this, um, as we always do, with a couple of pace laps. And Tristan... Has um, I believe Tristan, you you brought a road trip story with a, with you today. I I did. This is one that I've held off on for a little while. I was kind of refining my list, deciding how I was going <laughs> to deliver this. Um, I recently, although by the time this publishes, not super recently, um, took a road trip out to visit my mother. Um, Nick's a little bit of a thirsty uh, thirsty animal over there. Um, mm, water, <laughs> but uh, um, so I've been kind of thinking about how to tell this story and I've determined after weeks of agonizing over my delivery, I'm just going to read you the list. 
So I think that's fair. Um, we had too many deep thoughts in yeah. the other episode anyway. So, so yeah, I went on a road trip from the Milwaukee area to the Pittsburgh area, technically West Virginia, but it's that weird part because it kind of sticks up in the middle. So for a frame of reference, Milwaukee to Pittsburgh, essentially. On my way, I saw these things. Hit us with it. An 85-mile-per-hour Taurus donut. Now, I wrote these, kind of dictated these as I was driving. There's some weird wording. There's some odd spelling. Um, but I, yeah, I'm just going to read them the way I wrote them. 85-mile-per-hour Taurus donut. So, like a donut like doing, doing 85 a miles donut on... Sadly, no, although that would have been interesting. They were driving 85 miles per hour on the donut. Oh. The spare tire donut rated for... 55 That's miles an hour. That's a big move. Um, I got passed like I was standing <laughs> still because it was the Ohio Turnpike. It's full of policemen. I was driving 75-ish, yeah. and and I got blown by by a spare tire. And I mean, he was lucky it was not just the spare tire. I was just going to say, just the spare me. tire? Um, <clears throat> uh, soon. <laughs> with, with no regard for human life. Or his own safety. <laughs> yes. Um, also in Ohio, a hallmark of the Ohio Turnpike, construction. All of it. The whole thing. I'm shocked. The length of Ohio from one side to the other. Driving through this construction, I saw an actual Rolls Royce. Hmm. Just now, hanging out? Yep. Just, just driving it, daily driving it. Looked like wow. it wasn't like... Didn't look like it was in transit anywhere. No one was being driven. <laughs> no one was being driven in the back. It just looked like some dude took the roller out for the day and got stuck in traffic. And, <laughs> like... I couldn't tell you which one, because to me, they're all the same. I don't... Ghost, Wraith, Phantom, whatever. They're all Pokemon names. Kind Gastly, of the squarish one. Ghastly, Haunter. I don't know. Um, so, um, I also saw a kind of in the same section. We cleared the construction, and everybody else came back up to speed, except for the world's slowest Tesla. <laughs> it, was, it was probably like running out of batteries or was in maintenance mode or something. Could have been. Because it was going exactly 45 miles an hour on the nose, which is the minimum allowable speed limit on the Ohio Turnpike. Wow. And was probably making for the closest charger or something. Um, Are there superchargers along the Ohio Turnpike? I They would probably have to get off, I would assume. Well, you know what I mean, but, you know, service stations probably or whatever? somewhere. Um, I don't know but, if there's that much in the Midwest. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm always, I've always been curious about like the service network for electric cars like that. Yeah, like you don't see it that often. Well, actually, it would the question would really be, can you even buy a Tesla in Ohio? Because you can't buy them in Wisconsin. So you everyone to buy them elsewhere. Yeah. In Chicago usually yeah. for us. Um, Interesting. We <laughs> move on from the odd to the kind of mayhem, sad, upsetting. There was a. Entire, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Entirely <laughs> spilled over car transporter. Ooh. So not like even just like one of those private for hire carry one or two on a flatbed. It was like a delivering from the factory or the ship semi-trailer car transporter on its side. Oh, the humanity. Of what? Jeep, of what? Jeep Cherokees Jeep everywhere. Cherokees. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, so, that's an expensive uh, accident right there. Yeah. What happened? What happens? Are they tied down to the trailer? Or are they just like loose, sitting up there? And they just are. Had, like, they're, all over. they're they're tied down with like like around the wheels. Oh, with those are, like kind of like the the kind of like upside down hammocks that yeah. go over the wheels. Yeah, 
and half of those were snapped, especially the ones on the top. <laughs> especially the ones on the top layer because they had the furthest to go. Yeah, they were so really, those work. They yeah. were really moving <laughs> by the time they fell over. And man, they what were happened? everywhere. It was just like I have no idea. The cops, the, the truck just went flipped cop, over. I did not see it flip, but I was also there before the cops were, so wow. it was relatively fresh. Um, was the driver out? Yes, thankfully he was okay. Um, in other things that people were okay, but how did they possibly do that? You know, normally when you see a trailer have an issue, they flip over and they kind of land on their side and drag along for a while. Yeah, someone managed to through. Sheer force of will, I would assume, managed <laughs> managed to get a wood chipper tr- on a, like one of those with the built-in wheels. Like it is the trailer; it's not yeah. on the trailer. Yeah, flipped all the way upside down. Did you see it just like dragging along the freeway? No, they were pulled over already, but it was like all the way upside down, and I was and like, the, the vehicle pulling it was not. No, it was right side up. <laughs> I couldn't fathom how they had managed to do that. From, yeah, from the how did you manage that department? <laughs> yep. Um, what if it's one of those rotating trailer hitch balls? It could just rotate. It in the could thing. be like if you've got like those, like put the you know however many eighths one up or whatever. Yeah, then, yeah, it could be that that Maybe. gateway. Um, now on to the section I call. So how would that flip the whole trailer? I'm sorry, keep going. I call <laughs> um, straight road hazards. Um, straight roads. Um, they are straight up a road hazard. Oh, okay. Um, I saw. I actually witnessed. A total failure to exit, um, <laughs> where from the middle lane someone attempted to exit on the right, didn't make it, and went right into the water barrels. Um, well, that was exciting. It's not as cool as you see in movies. Um, the water doesn't shoot straight up in the air; it goes out and covers everything nearby in water. I suppose so, they probably like fill the ones you hit in movies like less. So the water just kind of explodes. Yeah, or it's like artificial underneath, like explosions, like or oh, pneumatics sure, yeah. or whatever. But um, and then there was a landslide on one of the county roads oh, that boy. I was driving down. Um, it had been taped off, but no one had cleaned it yet. So it was like <laughs> down to like a lane and a half. People were taking turns to go by. Rocks, mud, large pieces of tree. It was exciting. Um, a relatively significant dual tire. Semi tire blowout. Wow, two at once on one side. Yeah, that's bad. That is an yeah. unlucky son of a bitch. No, I, I can only assume they hit something. Yeah, but I didn't see it. Here's a question: Was this all one direction, or is this the entire road trip? It is the entire road trip. Everything up until now was on my way out. Holy shit! Which is crazy. How did you ever make it there? Wow. I have a history of this. Sometime, if we ever have cause to interview my mother. There's all sorts of weird things that have happened when I go to visit her. Large rocks in the road, clouds of bats. <laughs> all sorts of things. We won't get into that now. But we, should, <laughs> we should do an episode of like just best car stories from our experiences. Best yeah. road trip or car <coughs> stories. That'd be yeah, fun. We should do that. Okay, anyway. Continue. On the way back, I saw these three things. There was a sign... And I've discussed these with you before. You guys have no idea what I'm talking about. Especially older people may know. I've seen them in amusement parks and stuff like this. They're called Burma shave signs. Um, For if you need to shave your Burmas? They, <laughs> you don't shave them. They're snakes, all right? Um, <laughs> uh, the, it's kind of this like story told in a series of signs down the road. And they always end, because they're an advertising pitch, they end with a sign for Burma shave. And in the same vein, there was, <laughs> there was a. What if you don't want to advertise Burma Shave? 
<laughs> no, it's the only thing you can advertise with the story. It's, it's like calling facial tissue Kleenex. They're all Burma Shave signs, even if they don't advertise Burma Shave. Um, is that even around anymore? I yeah, want to look it up, is. I want to look up it Burma is. Shave um, right quick. There was a Anyways. sign that in separate pieces, word by word, including the little ones, don't be a statistic. Which is funny because they left out ironic. Exactly. Which is, it has normally, to be ironic. Which is normally the phrase is, hey, don't be an ironic statistic. Uh-huh. Um, my family has used that phrase all the time, mm-hmm. which is why we are especially paranoid within five miles of home or whatever. Right. Um, so. <laughs> um, <laughs> or after large, after large happy events, ironically, they were on their way home from prom. Exactly. Or, or something yep. like that, yeah. Um, the. I want to do these out of order because I want to end on the best one. Um, so next was two Indiana state policemen just whole, wholesale chucking shit out of the back of someone's car. Like, <laughs> like they were not carefully searching or like helping someone get their spare tire out. Yeah, exactly. They were grabbing things and just throwing it out of the back of this person's car. How much car. stuff did they have in their trunk? It was a big trunk. It was <laughs> what like, kind of car it was, was like it? A, it was an old American car. It was like a big Crown Vic or a uh, Buick sure, or something. Sure. So it was head the other way. I didn't They're see it. They're probably still there chucking shit. Right, exactly. Um, but like just wholesale. Like not setting it on the ground, just throwing it backwards. Um, Wouldn't that have gotten on the actual freeway, on the actual turnpike? No, but it was bouncing off some of their cars sometimes. The closest wow. top car. Um, but the real... What are they doing? Yeah, what are they looking for? It had to be drugs. Probably. The, the real piece de resistance here is my new favorite word ever. Um, <laughs> is it nuddle? <laughs> no, although it was nuddle. I'm surprised that you just came up with nuddle. that right away. There was, there's, a, there's a story yeah, there. There's a story there. Oh, okay. There's a license plate and a threat. Let's leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Um... Uh, um We'll get to that story someday. Maybe a story episode. A license plate and a threat. Yeah. There's a tagline. <laughs> <laughs> this summer. <laughs> it all started with a license plate and a threat. Um, no, but my new favorite Fade word. In. My new favorite word is it, it. I can only assume it has to be a proper noun. It's all one word. It is a road in Ohio. If you put it in Google Maps, it shows up. Fang boner. <laughs> <laughs> Fang boner. Harry Potter and the... Wait, no, it's a different... <laughs> That's a different thing. Yeah. So, Fang boner road in Ohio. I almost veered off the road laughing when I saw it. It, it actually should have... be an adjective. It actually should have gone in the road hazard That dude's section. a real fang boner. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Listen here, fang boner. Don't be such a... Don't be no, such a fang yeah. boner. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I think that should go in the road hazard category. Definitely. Um, so, anyway, that was my rather exciting trip to and from uh, eastern Ohio, western Pennsylvania, Panhandle of West Virginia. You're not kidding. Well, see, now, what's ironic about this is that the trip was so exciting because, you know, from the outside in, going from Milwaukee to Pittsburgh is Mm. not the most glamorous road trip. Very true. So it's it's cool that the road trip itself was actually that interesting. And I had a great time when I was there. The road trip just made it, you know, hey, pace lap worthy. There you go. Exactly. And that's a great way to wrap up pace laps and get to... uh, the heart and soul of this episode. So, Andrew, creative director, writer extraordinaire, tee this up for us, would you? 
Well, we've talked about our dream cars. We use a little bit of the unique criteria in episode one to establish episode two. Two. Yeah, two, one, two. For, one is the first cars. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Two. To establish um, a little bit about ourselves, the kind of stuff we like in cars, the kind of stuff we want. Then we've built our own dream cars from the ground up, cars that will never be. But there's a different kind of car out there, one that is often the star that burns brightest in the sense that they come out and they generate a lot of hype and then they completely disappear, often to never, ever be seen again. Yeah, I call it the the car that might have been. The car that might have been. So we're talking about concept cars or pre-production cars, cars that are actually made by manufacturers for different reasons. Some are example models, some are prototypes of a technology or prototypes of a design language element, something like that. Right. But a lot of these cars, they bring them to auto shows across the country. Some of them become so popular just from that, just from their mere existence, that they become production cars. But we're not going to talk about those that were actually realized. We're going to talk about those cars that captured our hearts and just disappeared. The concept cars that never were. And I'll start with one. This is going to be fun. I'm so excited for this. This is going to be great. I'll start with one, and I don't even know how I learned about it. I think it was one of those things you just kind of see somewhere once, and we were kind of like, whoa, what the heck is that? And then, you know, you find out what it was later. It's a production car from the 60s called the GM X-Stiletto. Not a production car, a concept car. A concept car. Completely concept. GM X Stiletto? X GM X Stiletto. I've seen it hyphenated GM dash X Stiletto and GM X dash Stiletto. So like the letter X? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I've never heard of that one. It's an interesting car. There's this thing that lazy car riders do sometimes when they talk about cars that have a point on the front. Not us. We're not lazy car riders. Well, you know, they'll say, oh, it looks like a rocket. No, <laughs> fuck you. Only this car it looks like looks a, ro- like a rocket. <laughs> Only this one. <laughs> Was it a rocket? Was it like a Bonneville racer or something? Um, It wasn't. You know, without actually being shaped like a rocket with actual like winglets and stuff, it is the automotive realization of a Saturn V. I mean, it has a nose cone. It has little winglets on the front. <laughs> no, oh. but it looks like it could be uh, the front of like an ICBM or something. Like yeah. it's serious. It has a cockpit style opening. Nice. So no doors. Oh. Has a wraparound windscreen. Oh, just like the canopy. Yeah. Yeah. The back looks like it has a thruster cowling on the top. You know, so it's like a fastback style. But the bottom is raised up in a half circle. So like that's where the jet engine would be. When you get on the inside has a yoke for a steering wheel. <laughs> Every gauge is round and spread out across the dash, and all of the other controls that aren't, you know, that you would actually touch are straight up levers. Like you'd have like a an actual jet. rocket. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's so it's just so unbelievable. And yet it actually had a bunch of technology in it. Rear view cameras, automatic climate control. Uh, a speaker so you could communicate from inside the car to the outside world. Ultrasonic detection so like a loudspeaker? Yeah. And Pull like, your vehicle to the side of the road, like one of those? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like a megaphone? It's so 
it's just so weird. It looks like a car on the outside that, um, like a Fallout car or something that's what like I was, that. That's what, that's what I If you look of. it up, that's exactly what it, it would not look out of place in any Fallout We will post game. pictures of all of these, oh, by yeah, the way, so sure, everyone gets sure. an idea of what we're looking at. But, um, I actually should write these down so I know what to look up. Yeah, but apparently I couldn't tell you if you know the backup cameras were real or if they functioned. Because I know there were some older cars that actually did have technology like that. But it was all analog. You just had a camera on the back, run a cable mm-hmm. to the front, and put it on a CRT. <laughs> yep, yep. <laughs> Makes it sound real simple, but it probably wasn't. <laughs> no, I'm sure it wasn't at the time. <laughs> I was gonna say at the time, probably not. But it's so amazing to behold. It's just like. Whoa, that's insanity. GM actually made a rocket. Yeah, they really did. They and, made a rocket. Um, what was it powered by, did it say? It wasn't actually that way for production. <laughs> and so, you know, like, oh, by the way, it doesn't have an engine in it, so it couldn't go anywhere? Yeah, you know, that was less important at the time. Listen. But you could sit in it and pretend. <laughs> you could sit in it. <laughs> exactly. That's a perfect car for for being a concept. because it For was, being five? It was the design, and it was the technology and the potential. It's okay. just it's just a thing of a vision of our bright nuclear future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, I should have done it in that voice. Uh, GMX Stiletto. <laughs> I I'm no, ex- it's so great. I'm excited to look that one up. Sorry. Plus, you hit a soft spot in my heart by opening this whole entire Starting thing with a, with a GM. Yeah. <clears throat> Love you forever. Who's next? Tristan, you want to go or you want me to take this one? Yeah, I, I can go next. Yeah, um, go for it. Yeah, so. Um, we're going to start with an Audi. Um, I bet no Uh, one is surprised. Nope. All of my concepts are a little newer, um, than, you know, some of the others that you guys might see. This one came out in 2003. Um, it was called the Audi Novolare Quattro. Hmm. Novolare. No, it's not a word. (laughs) O L A R I. N U V O L A R I. L A R I. No, new. It was named after a person. Was it the first name? No. Nuvolari Jones. No, it was named after Tazio Nuvolari, who was Italian. Oh, was it? A resident in Mantua, of course. Known as, I'm going to murder the Italian, but it's Il Mantovano Volante, the flying Mantuan. He was a Grand Prix racer. Oh, wow. Yep, so. Did he drive. Audi cars? Like, why did they choose him, do you think, as to name it after? That I would need to check. A German company chooses an Italian Grand Prix racer. He must have, right? He would have had or to have driven some Audi sports cars Auto or something. Union. Auto, Auto Union. Union. There it is. Um, there we go. Oh, no, nope. He actually raced against them <laughs> for, for a while. Yeah, no, he uh, was just an amazing, amazing driver. And they said we're gonna name a car after him. Well, that's how you know you got the respect. That was some if on your the competitors fly, name a car after yeah, you on the fly research um, based on our interest in the name. Um, that's but, like if Mercedes F1 named their next car. Well, no, never mind. That would be a bad one. Like if Ferrari named it the Hamilton. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For example, um, that's where I was trying to go. Good save. But uh, I saw you. It was a 2000, <laughs> 2003 concept. Um, five liter V10, which we would later go on to see that v10 in other cars um 
Was that Lamborghini developed that V10? Um, yeah, that the that V10 was co-developed for this concept, the Gallardo, with plans to put it in the R8 later, things like that. Um, Sorry, you said that was O3. The O3 to O4 range had a bunch of really interesting Audi concepts that we're not going to jump into because of our emphasis on cars that didn't turn into anything. Um, I did not choose, for example, the Audi Le Mans prototype, um, which basically directly turned into the R8. Yeah. Um, my dad has a desktop picture of the Le Mans Quattro. Right. And I went, oh, look, you have an R8 wallpaper. And he goes, actually, that's the concept that wasn't called that. And I was like, oh. But so, it is. It is. So I didn't choose that one because it that one actually went somewhere. Um, the the new Valari kind of set the design language going forward. Um it was the first, one of the first real introductions of that real broad shield grill that Audi was famous for in the early 2000s and to a certain extent still is. Yeah. Um, it really, honestly, when you look at some of the pictures of it, it looks like a really big new TT. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it went on to spawn like the the A5, S5, like, like big coupes. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but they they kind of took bits and pieces of it and spread them out. They took the engine and put it in the R8. They took the design language and put it everywhere, but especially the TT. They took the cool two-door coupe design and turned it into the S5. So this, this concept, it itself didn't live on as a whole, but it got kind of parted out. Yep. And I think it was, it was very important to that next decade or so of Audi's, design language and power plants and you know model choices so that's kind of why i picked it is it itself as a whole didn't live on but it was so formative in letting the audi designers kind of figure out where they were going for the next decade or so um and you know it's a newer concept car so it's not going to have you know kind of the you know, wild new age. Like it doesn't have a loudspeaker or a bunch of <laughs> other stuff. Um, oh, you know. did have a backup camera though. Um, and it, you know, it was just really that first introduction of that really sweet five liter V10 Yeah, was kind of the, the biggest forward looking thing as far as technology goes. But I just like it. It looks like it's almost like an art. It's like almost like an art deco piece of architecture. Sure. Like those, it all kind of looks like it's a throwback to some of those. We, did, we mentioned it, the Auto Union, the big Auto Union sedans, some of the race cars have that kind of big shield grill, big swoopy hood. Um, and it was one that, despite being among the Pike's Peak concept, which turned into the Q um, SUVs and the Le Mans concept that turned into the R8, it's the only kind of, you know, disliked child that didn't really turn into anything. <laughs> it was, you know, the least favorite child. It turned into everything. But then, yeah, it kind of <laughs> turned itself around and got put in everything for the next decade, which is why I kind of find it interesting. Sure. So. There you go. I, I like the way you, you kind of teed this up for me pretty good. Um, you're talking about, you know, using the V10 in one thing and the design language in another and kind of parsing it out. So, like, in a broad sense, the the purpose for a concept car is what? What what would you guys? I would say it's to show off and give people a sense of what is most possible from your brand. 
Yeah, and, and, and I, I agree with all of that and add one on where it's almost kind of kind of like acceptance testing. Like, yeah. if, if we do this, are people going to like it? Big time. And if no, you can say, oh, it was just an auto show concept, and you don't never <laughs> yeah, have to do well, anything well, with well, it. Because yeah. some concept cars do make it to production depending on the reception, right? Yep. So that is, you hit it. That is exactly what I was the answer I was looking for. Concept cars are released to essentially gauge public reaction. If we try this, are people going to like it? If not, okay, we only made one. We didn't waste an entire production process. Throw it in a museum. Throw it in a museum, <laughs> and away we go. So, time for a little history lesson, folks. It all had to start somewhere. Of course. The idea of the concept car. Do you know the first company to try a concept car? I believe it was a man who tried to breed a horse and a cow together. So way back. We're talking like dark ages. That's right. Well, I mean, honestly, would it be like the first cart with wheels on it? <laughs> like, look, I've made this new thing. Will anybody use it? I don't know. I don't know. Well, Sorry, I, I, did you want this to be a genuine answer? Or? We're talking about this being a fluff episode. I, so. right. I work with assholes. Um, Me too. N- n- yes, in that sense. <laughs> that Those were probably the first mm-hmm. concepts or hybrids. But seriously. Honestly, um, I'm going to say some company like Ferrari. Had I was going to say an Italian. One, right? Yeah, some, just some completely bizarre car they brought out, and people were like, that's ridiculous. And they're like, oh, no, 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 we're not, we're not making this. <laughs> what are you? And then they had to shuffle the other ones off to the side. Maybe Fiat? That sounds like something Fiat would do. <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fiat thing. They had to quick crush 200 of them. <laughs> <laughs> quick, don't let anybody see those. Good guesses. But no, this is going to come out of left field for you guys. So the first car that was generally accepted, like, by the powers that be, if you will, as the first concept car, came from Volvo. Wow. I also believe it, though. Those Volvo. Scandinavians what and their designs. It? And I apologize as I go through this, there might be some names I mispronounce. So I already murdered Italians, so... Then you murdered the language, not the people. You just said I murdered Italians. That's, <laughs> That's also what I say after I eat a big lunch. <laughs> like when you're going to... <laughs> no, when I consumed many Italian sausages, I murdered some Italian. Anyway, oh man. Okay, this is getting out of hand. Nick, really please out of hand. stop asking us questions yeah, and start right. talking. Not, I'm gonna start talking. All right, I'm <laughs> Oh man, 1933, Volvo Venus Bilo. Maybe it's Bilo. B I L O. Mm. considered the world's first concept car, and the sole purpose of it was to test the public's reaction to a more, quote, streamlined design in a car. So if you want, like, in the 30s, what would a streamlined car look like? Yeah. If, if you go to, like, your local drive-ins or a car show and you see, like, those late 30s, early 40s era, like, Fords or... Like Ford Coupes. Like and, the Coupes? Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe even a better way, like if you see those old footage of like the old bank robbers with like the <laughs> with the and people hanging on the side, hanging on the side, but it's like the, it's the, it's the co- yeah, you can't, yeah, shame. <laughs> with the too many accents today already. With the 
you know, with the it's not a hatchback, but it's there's not like a right, trunk just, space. Uh, yeah, kind that's of bulbous, kind yeah, kind of bulbous in the front, like with the big teardrop shapes, teardrop shapes, um, big front flared fenders going up. That's what this car looked like, and it was the first one of its kind to do that. Wow. Um, it the the idea of this though was also a it's, it was a four door saloon. It was it had a, it had four seats, and it was actually based on one of their other car um, platforms, the PV thirty uh, the PV six fifty five. Um, oh yes, yes. Anyway, <laughs> one of the one of the cool things about this was it came with its own suitcases, like its own specially designed suitcases. So it was meant for like family road trips. So like That's forward it, thinking that didn't wouldn't come back around until like the early two thousand when Victoria Beckham started designing doing that, cars yeah, and yeah. Land Rover. Yeah, then you get the luggage with it. Right. So it it actually came. Why do you know the, that? It's, it's, it was almost like Tetris in the trunk on this thing. They had nine specially designed suitcases wow. that came with it. That's a genius idea. That could fit in the trunk, and also there was a compartment in the right front fender. <laughs> Only the right front fender. Because the left front is where one of the spare tires were. Oh. <laughs> what? And there was a second spare tire that also served as a rear bumper hanging off the back. What the heck? It, well, remember, the roads... Not great in Europe, especially Scandinavia. True, exactly. frozen and potholed, and you might need two spare tires. So they they didn't make it exactly. They didn't make any more of these specifically, but much like Tristan's Audi, it did lead to the production of another car. Um, it led to the production of the PV thirty six. Here's the next word I'm going to mispronounce: Carioca, Cariocha, C A R I O C A. That was made based on the reaction to this car. One car ever made. The the fate of the original car is actually not known. Ooh. There was, it was just the one made. Ghosts. And for whatever reason, it was sold to an owner of a Danish scrapyard. Uh, well, I think the fate is known. That converted it into a pickup. <laughs> what? Wow. And it, quote, vanished in 1956. That, that thing if someone, it was probably crushed. But if so, could you imagine? What do you think that would fetch if someone actually found the the world's original concept car? Probably less than that bullet Mustang because the world is stupid. I would say a lot. I would just say I'm, I'm a lot. I'm gonna give a scientific estimate of lots. Much, yeah. <laughs> much. It would cost much. <laughs> it, it's probably one of those things where. You know, it kind of like disappears from the public eye again, and then suddenly gets donated to uh, you know some some transportation museum or history of the car museum, something like that. <laughs> sure. So that's my first one. A little bit of history lesson: the original concept car. That's interesting. I did not see that coming. Ha <laughs> ha! Got you again. Whew. My, Number two. My next one is a, a total heart pick and a car that I kind of lost track of because it was the only car that I've ever had on my wall as a poster. Okay. It's a car called the Lamborghini Cala. Cala! Yeah. <laughs> so, it has an all-time cool name because that means look over there in Italian slang. <laughs> really? <laughs> yep. It was styled by Ital Design. And it looks like uh, a Lamborghini Mira had sex with a Diablo. <laughs> hmm. It was originally shown at the Geneva Motor Show in 1995. It was the affordable tier Lamborghini. So they made the Diablo, right? That was, you know. Yeah, the, that was the. Big money. That this was the shit. was to replace the Jalpa, I think is that what 
what came before it, like cheaper Lamborghini, you know, whatever that well, means. Jalpa sounds like a cheap name, so I'm going to go yeah, with that right. one. So this car was brought to Geneva, fully functional. Everything on it worked. Everything on it was real and ready for production. But it just never made it to production. Why? Because that was in 1995. VW bought Lamborghini in 1998. And I can only assume that when they saw the plans of a fully Italian car, they just burned all the blueprints. They went, my God in Himmel, we can't build that. <laughs> Threw them all away because the next time a car filled this exact segment was the Gallardo in mm-hmm. 2003. Yep, I was just thinking of that when you... Yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's super 90s looking. Like, it has the 90s, you know, sort of inverted triangle taillights. Mm-hmm. Oh, And it looks yeah. like a melted, uh, you know, it's like a melted supercar. <laughs> totally 90s. Hit the, hit the supercar model kit with the heat gun. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I remember racing it in Need for Speed 2. Oh, really? Was a, yeah, it was a photo on my wall. Yeah, I was in Need for Speed 2. And um, it's kind of like a shameful side note in Lamborghini history. No one ever talks about the Kala, but I <laughs> really like Shh, it. We're not to speak of this. I don't know why. I just liked the look of the car, I guess, when I was a kid. And I'm not a big poster guy, I guess. I've never really had car posters on my wall. That was the only one. And I had it for years. The Lamborghini Kala. Mm-hmm. Interesting choice. Yeah. It is weird that they wouldn't... I mean, Lamborghini doesn't normally worry about filling segments anyway. They just kind of do their own thing for right. the most part. So, But it is weird that, okay, we're going to make something for this specific chunk of the market and then not actually make anything for this chunk of the market for another eight or ten years. Well, I really think it was... Like, that, that's a long time to dip your toe in the water. There, there, were, there were some other sales turmoils at the time. Like when they brought this in 95, I think they had just been bought that year or were bought by a different company the year after. Then that company sold to VW, which was the first time Lamborghini had had any stability in like 15 years. True. So I guess they really have usually made two cars or now I think they make five, something like that. Yeah. But there is a high tier one. And a lower tier one. <laughs> you know, talking about Lamborghini. Relatively so speaking, weird. there's no low tier. I mean, they're all just incredibly fast, incredibly expensive. But yeah, there is a, a definite approach to the way they create cars, I guess. And this was the lower one that just never went anywhere, even though it was ready for production <laughs> in 95. Looks like we talked Someone about. Someone just give us the go ahead. Mm-hmm. And much like we talked about our, our episode that wasn't. This is, this is the yeah, Lamborghini exactly. that wasn't. It's yeah. a little false start there, but I, I love it. Good car. Which, it's interesting because I was, you know, as I mentioned, I am Volkswagen Group heavy. So I was trying to split that up. I'm not selecting this one simply because you mentioned that one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also going to bring forth a troubled production Italian concept car. Ooh, <laughs> um, all right. Uh, it is the Maserati Alfieri. Ooh. Alfieri. Maserati Alfieri. Which is named after... A guy. Turn it around. Alfieri Maserati. I knew it. One of the five Maserati brothers that started Maserati. Catholic. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Whoa! Um, So, it is a spiritual and design successor to 
one of the more popular Maseratis of the 60s. Um, the A- A6 GCS 54. Yes. Because they just, let's throw yeah, that one. You know, that was late. Word that salad, was, you know, letter salad. Mid-50s into the 60s Maseratis. Mm-hmm. Um, I was drawn. Alphabet soup for names. <laughs> I was drawn to it because I think just purely based on looks. I was like, that looks like, you know, a, you know, really kind of throwback car. I wonder what that is. And as I did my research, turns out it was. Um, and you always kind of look at, we mentioned it in a previous episode, like Ford was lauded for how well they seemed to kind of, you know, re-sculpt the Mustang to look like a classic Mustang. Mm-hmm. You know, when car, when car companies bring back that classic, classic car in quotes without actually just making a copy, you know, and they kind of put a modern twist on it. It tends to sell really well. It tends to be really popular. Um, so it was a 2 plus 2 coupe, Grand Tourer, hardtop, um, you know, all the, you know, all the Italian bona fides. It was, you know, designed in their, you know, design studio in Turin. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it was, you know, based on that original Alphabet Soup car was you know, designed by Pininfarina. Like, sure, you know, sure. it's, yeah, it's yeah. got it's got all the Italian credentials. It's a Maserati, stunning design. We'll post pictures. I love it, um, and yet doesn't exist. What do you mean it doesn't exist? Like uh, only on paper? Like they never they, made a real they, version? They or? have built a couple concepts, but you think, boom. Slam dunk for production. Mm-hmm. Much like you're talking about, this is the lower tier uh, Lamborghini. Yeah. This is what you'd think, great. Maserati making a Grand Tourer? Duh. That's so all they do, right? Did they ever make any functional prototypes? Yeah, they did make a couple of functional prototypes. Um, uh, 450 horsepower, um, you know, uh, 460 horsepower, um, Ferrari derived V8, running around. Um, you know, based on a lightened version of the Gran Turismo um, Maserati design. So it was based on existing hardware, all the trademarks for they're going to make it. Like, they made a concept using existing parts right in the supply chain, right in the heart of your market, saying, yeah, totally, we're going to build this. And it has not come to production, has not come to fruition, and it's because of a similar thing. Basically... (laughs) You know, it got caught up in the, you know, all the Fiat Chrysler mayhem mm-hmm. um, originally, kind of the first time around. Um, you know, in in twenty say in twenty fourteen was when they said, "Hey, we're going to do this." But then, you know, we've had all this kind of restructuring, rebranding by Fiat Chrysler, and it got caught up in the company that only kind of makes cars now. Right. Um, so and then they decided, okay, we're going to make. Another variant. <laughs> We're gonna add all-wheel drive on only one engine option. Sure. We're gonna add a convertible top to it, and that pushed it all the way back to 2021. So wait, this is still and that concept now, right? Yep. So Whoa. this is a current concept car. Uh, oh, okay. And now, as of just a couple months ago, May 2018, the story is that they're gonna offer it as. Forget it. A crossover. All this engine <laughs> business, get rid of it. Plug-in hybrid or electric. Uh, oh, of course. Of with, course. With three electric motors and all-wheel drive. 
So close. So I mean, so again, we talk about these are the the cars that never will be. We've had a, we've had copious discussions in our last episode about what changes stop a car from being a car. Mm-hmm. This car as a concept had a Ferrari Drive V8. Best rumor at this point is going to be produced as a plug-in hybrid or an electric car. It's not the same car. You no, might it, it might true. be the same shell, but this car is never happening now. But see, that's the thing. Another uh, thing, just like we talked about just, in the last it just episode, annoys me. You can't go at the king. There are some brands that absolutely forbid it. GM's one. If there's one brand on the, face of the, the planet one. that's worse, <laughs> yep. they will not let you approach another the performance of their cars. Yeah, and I mean? I, but I, luckily, I don't think they did because it, it's a GT car. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a great tool. California, but, you know, Ferrari makes those too now. They do, but I think they've let Maserati do their thing for that, but... Generally. I mean, so... But, yeah, well, it's... They, they are still owned by <laughs> FCA, right? Yeah, they're yes. Ferrari, yes. Yep. Maserati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that just annoys me. Like, they had something really cool. Really cool, from and the way it, you were describing it. it I haven't looks, actually seen it. I'm looking it looks, forward to... It looks beautiful. I mean, this still is... still might look beautiful. You know, and, and, and I, that is the upside. I'll show you the photo. This looks like the upside is is it, they will not have to ruin the looks of this car to make it an electric car. Oh, that's interesting. Why are the lights so low? Yeah, they look like they should be higher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the headlights. I, uh, it looks like a snake. Yeah, <laughs> it's a snake. It's a snake. So I mean, we'll post pictures, but I don't Very think interesting. I don't think they're gonna have to ruin it. To make it an electric car, which is... It's not ugly the, at all. Which is the silver lining of this story, is that hopefully this design will ever see the light of day, yeah. no matter what engine or motor goes in it. So, that's that's my kind of middle of the, the road here, is the middle of my story, is the car that still, still, yet, could, couldn't be. <laughs> oh. um, yeah. So, so close. Um, very cool. It, it, it looks like a snake. It looks good. It does. It does. But it looks I, I don't disagree with that. Um, okay. So my first one, we were talking about something old. Mm-hmm. This one is going to be everything that's the opposite of that. <laughs> so new. The newest of the new. The this newest. One of the newest of the new. I'm going down the Lamborghini route, like you did. Mm-hmm. This was a car that was just unveiled to the public officially in November of 2017. So just a few short months ago, six, mm-hmm. seven months ago. Um, this is the Lamborghini Terzo Millennio, <laughs> which is Italian for third millennium, which yes. is something that represents the future. The uh-huh. year 3000. The future. Thank you, movie announcer Tristan. Movie preview guy Tristan. Um, Glad to be a service. <laughs> <laughs> the, the last episode we had mentioned briefly a few times about... Um, taking the shackles off the engineers. Yep. That's what this car did. Not only did they take shackles off the engineers, they gave all these guys Red Bull and steroids. <laughs> <laughs> Very angry and energetic. <laughs> this is actually a dual project. It was between Lamber- it was co-designed by Lamborghini engineers and the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. It was Lamborghini wow. and MIT project. Huh. It's full um, of pranks then. <laughs> so this thing is... I'm going to list through some of the specs and some of the things that this thing can do. And the, the first thing, the first few I see items, you over there not laughing. I'm not laughing. <laughs> I'm not going to laugh at that. The, the, first, the first few items are 
cool, but okay, I, I see that. And then the, the last couple I'm going to list off is just going to be like, the fuck are you talking about? Sure. Really? Okay. So it is going to be all wheel drive, but Natch. because this is a fully electric hypercar, mm-hmm. it's going to have four motors, one per each wheel. Mm-hmm which allows for the torque to be controlled individually, wheel-to-wheel, which is going to give it, quote, F1 car stability. Yeah, they said the same thing about that. Uh, a car I considered for this list, the Jaguar uh, CX-75 or whatever it was. Sure. It was yeah. another concept that had that same thing. Sure. Yes, yes. Yeah, I've seen that what one. I'm talking about. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, so instead of batteries, they've come up with some super lightweight, super advanced, super capacitors which is, I'm calling it now, that's where we end up. That's the future of electric cars is super, super or ultra capacitors. Save this episode, everyone. I'm calling it now. Okay. okay. There it is. Um, just for battery storage, recharge, ability, power storage, all that kind of stuff, they use super capacitors instead of batteries. Um, all that stuff is, okay, yeah, we've heard that before. Yeah, I thought, I thought those were theoretical at this point, but, you know. Here's where, it, here's where shit starts to get crazy. So it's got they they equipped it with autonomous <laughs> capabilities. He's talking about people from MIT, and he's got his Boston accent on. Boston. It, it, it's it's got it, man. Autonomous oh, got capabilities. It. <laughs> uh. It's got autonomous capabilities, but on track mode only. Huh? So you have get just I shit you not. You you get to a racetrack. For a track day, whatever it is with this thing, you put it into track mode. And then you don't drive it? <laughs> they use it as a teaching tool. Oh. So here's what it does. You, it has all these tracks loaded into it, like GPS. Uh-huh. You put it in autonomous mode, and it runs a lap or two on its own with the driver sitting in it so the driver can learn the braking and turning points. Sure. Then it shuts it off but puts a shadow car like a hologram out what? like GT5 or Forza BS. so the driver can compare itself with the lap when oh he was actually God. driving. Okay. I didn't get it at first. That's neat. That's awesome. <laughs> We're not done, folks. This It's obviously fully made of carbon fiber, right? Sure. It's got a ton of sensors in and around the body that detect cracks and dents in some sort if you manage to scrape or bump things. Mm -hmm. The carbon fiber comes with nanotubes that can self-repair. This is sounding fake now, so this isn't real. Look it up. (laughs) Look it up. It is a self-healing carbon fiber body. Crazy. This is what happens when you let the engineers run the asylum. Crazy. I... I like this. Yeah. This I'm is, pretty sure I read a Michael Crichton book that started like this. Yeah, this is know, unbelievable. This is how the cars take over the world. <laughs> We're not dinosaurs. And this was something like I was just, you know, brainstorming for ideas for this episode. And I honestly, I hadn't heard, like I'd seen one, I've seen one picture of it way back when it was first launched and mm-hmm. I didn't read anything about it. It is green-ish, right? Mm-mm. With like the wire, almost like wire wrapped looking wheels. No. no, that's not the one. Black okay. and yellow, right? It was like a gunmetal gray carbon color because it's all huh. carbon fiber, and then the wheels actually glow orange when it's turned on, for whatever reason. Maybe it's just so they're not brake discs; it's just the wheels are glowing. Right? Yeah. Why? Why, why would you not? Why? Yeah. <laughs> Again, engineers running the asylum here. What so. color would you want them to glow? Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so it looks like he's hitting the brakes really hard all the time, all the but time. it's not. Um, so yeah, I hadn't heard like I hadn't read too much on it. I saw a picture. I'm like, oh, that looks 
neat. And then I read up on it just, you know, yesterday and today. I'm like, there is no effing, this is so badass. Yeah, that's wild. It's so cool. That's my second one. The Terzo Millennial. Yeah, that's something. I hadn't even heard of that one. I heard of it, but apparently I got the color wrong. <laughs> sure. Them, you know, could have been pre-concept, something yeah, like whatever. that. Andrew, number three. All right, I got my last one here. <clears throat> this one, it might be my all-time favorite concept car. And it's pretty, it's a weird one to have as your favorite. It's the Ford Mustang Mach 3. Really? Yeah. Does anyone remember that dorky looking thing? Yes. Yeah. It does look dorky. I so I loved this car when I was a kid. I even built a model of it. Had like, you know, <laughs> painted it matte black, like the white and like black outlined interior. Like I actually spent time on this model. Wow. I know, right? Uh, so the Mustang Mach 3 was originally released at the 93 Detroit Auto Show. And I think if that was released today, Ford or whoever produced something like it would call it a design language concept. Sure. Like the Genesis Essentia. Because basically it was a test, design test for the fourth generation Mustang. It was a two-seat open-top roadster with a short windshield, like a um, like half-length, you know yeah, what I mean? Like the... Like someone like the like the club sport Miata, club sport, Miata, yeah, Miata that's exactly concepts it, yeah. and that TT club sport one with the half windshield. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fully carbon fiber body, four point six liter supercharged V eight, and just the most ninety supercar aesthetic ever. Some would call it ugly. I think that's probably true. It's it's ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> it's, it's still your favorite. Brutalist. But it it just has a, a brutalist. <laughs> You idiot. Yes. He <laughs> <laughs> says you idiot, but then goes, yes, so whatever. Because it just has he just, a, he just can't admit when you're right, so he has to insult you. <laughs> you're right, but you're stupid. Yeah. You're stupid. <laughs> uh, no, it, I mean, it's ugly, but I, I just like it. It, it. There's something about it that I just think is so cool, or at least thought was cool back in the day. I... Thought it was the coolest card I've ever seen when I first saw it. The the promo picture was like the color was poppy red. It's like a very bright red, mm-hmm. um, and it was you know like the handwritten font Mustang, like the original one, superimposed next to the '70s style mock. Then the three you know Roman numerals. And mm-hmm. It was like oh man, that looks really cool. Then like you know it was the '90s, so it had like the orange light coming from behind the wheels and everything, and all the concept. <laughs> you know, you know, yeah, just yeah. The, yep. the whole package. Um, <laughs> something about it really, really stuck out to me. But even now, it's a little bit of a white whale for me because I swear that once when I was up in the middle of the night sick and like had a fever watching a Meekum auto auction, I could swear that I saw one get sold. But they only made one. one. And... There's another one out there in the world, but some guy who really likes the car made it by hand. Oh, like, really? Yeah, like fabricated all the panels. That guy's got a lot of time on his hands. And yeah, he does. But both of those <laughs> wow. cars were red in the, you know, the poppy red color. The one you saw in Meekum was was the red? Was not red. Okay. <laughs> so this is where this gets weird. Uh-oh. I, dun, dun, dun. I decided to search this because the one that I remember 
seeing at some point was actually green. And that's why it right. stuck in my head because I was like, holy crap, I've never seen a green one before. There are pictures of a green Mach 3 on the internet, but they're not really connected with anything except for two websites. The first one's a website called Rick Carey's Auction Reports, where under an unpublished section of this like blog page okay. called Sample Auction Reports, there's a full write-up about a Mustang Mach 3 that was repainted jungle green and <laughs> sold at an auction for, for $440,000. That post has a date of March 2017, so that's actually a rather recent post. Okay. Was that when you were sick watching Meekum? Mm-hmm. I remember this being several like years ago. Oh, okay. Like college years ago. Oh, oh, okay. There's a second listing for this. If, mm-hmm. And I did like the reverse image search, and the only relevant thing I could find was on the Christie's Auction House page. On some, you know, somewhere buried in their archives, there's a report of a green Mach 3 with a lot number that's sold reportedly by the Ford Product Development Center for $491,500, which is $440,000 plus an auctioneer's fee. Mm -hmm. So that car, that green one, very clearly was sold specifically by Christie's. They have a full, probably almost... 2,000 word write up about the whole history of the car, who owned it, what it was, um, you know, that it was supposedly sent to a magazine for a road test, and the road test, you know, that they were like, we couldn't verify this report, but it might be this car. A full write up above it uh, about the car, but no other information. Just the Didn't most, say who it was sold to? No. So you can't like track down a. But they have like the most an detailed information. Or, like has a thousand watt audio system. Has active aero spoilers. They even have like the written out tire size for the front and rear. Clearly, this green car was actually sold by Christie's at some point. So, is there a third Mustang Mach Three that nobody know. knew about? Or was this an original, or the original one that got repainted? Or that's the thing. It's a ghost. Nobody knows. It's a ghost. Probably like Jay Leno owns it or some shit, you know? It's like, <laughs> you know what? That wouldn't surprise me at all. I wouldn't be at all In surprised. In the least surprised at that. If you own a green Mustang Mach 3, <laughs> it, inbox at checkenginepodcast.com. We promise we'll keep you anonymous. That's, <laughs> that's right. But no, is that, isn't that so weird? That's crazy. I was just, uh, yeah. We stumbled upon a mystery. While looking up this car for this. Call the Hardy Boys or something. On, on some <laughs> random, just stupid, like, Mustang Mach 3 info page. You know, like, a, I think it was actually, like, car something dot ru. Um, you know what I mean? Like, one of those, like, there's a picture of the green one, so I reversed image searched it, and that's how I got on the Christie's page. Just, like, bizarre. That's so crazy. Um, that's fantastic. How do you follow that up, Tristan? I don't. Um, so... <laughs> We promised we wouldn't uh, chew your ears off once we got our you know our time limit taken off. So we're we're creeping up on an hour right now. So I'm gonna keep mine short. All right. Um, it's short and simple just because it is an excellent example of things that are never meant to be. But you know, but <laughs> right. But show just when a company can have a little bit of fun. We're back to Volkswagen Group. Mm-hmm. This is Volkswagen. Um, it is the sport take on their uh, XL1 
um, super efficient car. I don't know if you guys have heard about this one. Nope. Um, in the past, a super efficient one. It's mm-hmm. got these like, it's like a super light, super like narrow tires, low drag exterior, uh, two cylinder diesel engine. Ooh. <laughs> plug-in hybrid. So just, just check all the boxes. Um, on the European cycle, before we knew about cheating. Right. Um, now, which that didn't necessarily impact MPG all that much, um, but mostly just other emissions. True. But MPG, 283 miles a gallon on the European cycle. Whoa. Shit. So, now, it was kind of cute and it's full of itself. <laughs> the, 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 the article that I... Did like some of, girls we went to school with? Did a lot of my research in, oh. used the adjective precious. Precious. Yeah. Okay. Um, so so the, the fact that it was a hyper-efficient car that looked like a sports car was misleading. It was very precious. No one's ever going to want to actually get 283 miles from a you know fossil fuel-powered car. Okay, whatever, no big deal. Ferdinand Pike, being the madman that he is, said... Who? Yeah, who? Okay, come on, you guys. Who? He's like the head of VW Audi, like, Ooh. for a long time. He was the guy that pushed for Quattro to even exist in the first oh. place. Ferdinand <coughs> Pike. Pike. No idea. No. Nope. Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway, this car was the second real visible example of... What Volkswagen Group gained from buying Ducati. Oh, shit. Okay. So, instead of a two-cylinder diesel, they replaced it with the 192 horsepower, (laughs) 197 horsepower, 11,000 RPM, Super Quadro two-cylinder engine. Sure. Um, That's more like it. 1199 Super Legera Superbike engine. Mm -hmm. Um, Downside... Zero to 60 times are not great because that bike's torque is relatively low for horsepower. Sure. You know, when you look at 200 horsepower cars, you're looking at about 200 foot-pounds of torque. This one was a little bit north of 90. Sure. Um, so zero to six times are a little bit pokey. Um, however, um, the stated top speed um, was like almost 200. <laughs> like 180, 190 miles an hour. Sure. Out of you know, out of a car with a motorcycle <laughs> engine in it. Um, it's pretty great. Yeah, it. That's fan- quick. Fantastic sound. Um, it actually looks pretty cool. It's got you know, again, borrowed from Lamborghini scissor doors. It gets kind of a for aerodynamic purposes. It kind of has that cool like boat tail at the back okay. where it's wide in the middle and it kind of narrows back again. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the concept came in this really cool bright blue, um, our line, uh, oh, right. Volkswagen yep. blue. Yep. Um, so <coughs> all sorts of great Italian words, super, <laughs> super, super quadro desmodromic valve control. Oh yeah. Um, so, you know, again, sure. I remember learning about the desmodromes. Um, <laughs> Compared with the kind of those uh, wave brake calipers that Ducati bikes had. Oh my gosh, they, they really wow. put those on there? Well, they, that, those ended up on a lot of Audis. The S and RS cars got wave brake calipers for a long serious? time. Yeah. Um, so that oh, was. the in cut wave ones. Yeah. 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 Yep. Oh, gosh. Yep. So um, those are kind of the main example of a lot of technology that they got from Ducati. But they threw this engine in this car because, because Ferdinand Pike was like, well, I get it. 
efficiency is cool, but why can't we make a fun version too? Sure. It's like the same reasoning behind why they made like the up GTI. Right. For example, mm-hmm. like, you know, that kind of thing. Um, I think we don't see in the small yet efficient and fun car market. I don't think we see enough utilization of motorcycle engines. True. Um, I think that's something that we could see more of. Basically, you see <coughs> idiots doing Hayabusa engine swaps. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yep. So, which is just a Honda Civic engine. That's a good point. Yeah. Basically, yeah. in size and shape and everything else. Right. Um, so, you know, I think there's so a lot of interesting there. That was something I had never heard of. I had heard of the XL1 at the time. It was, you know, back when I was super excited about the diesels until, you know, stuff happened. Um, So I was like, oh, man, cool. 283 miles an hour on a two-cylinder diesel plug-in hybrid. Like, wow, that's super neat. And totally stopped paying attention or whatever by the time they released the sport version. And I thought it was pretty cool. It is cool. It's an interesting concept. Kind of goes back to that Delta Wing thing that we talked about earlier where you don't need massive horsepower to get the same kind of performance out. Mm-hmm. And I think because VW built it, it's probably going to run better than Delta Wing yeah, too. probably. <coughs> so, good choice. Um, my closer is actually one that was produced originally for a video game. Whoa! It was produced for Gran Turismo 5 mm-hmm. and it was designed by Adrian Newey. Yeah, him. Him. He's the brother of Ferdinand Pike. Yes. <laughs> no, so Adrian Newey is... Maybe was he one of the Maserati brothers? <laughs> <laughs> Adrian Newey Maserati. Adrian Newey is one word. It's Italian. <laughs> Ad- Adrian Newey Maserati. Some <laughs> mononym, like Cher. <laughs> so, the creators of the GT5 video game uh-huh. approached Adrian Newey and asked this question. If you built the fastest racing car on land, one that throws aside all rules and regulations, what would that car look like, how would it perform, and how would it feel to drive? That was his canvas. For those of you who don't know, Adrian Newey is the chief technical designer for Red Bull Racing Formula One team. Sure. So he was the aerodynamicist chief engineer behind Sebastian Vettel's four consecutive world championships. Mm -hmm. Widely considered to be the greatest designer in Formula One history, so he came out with the Red Bull X 2010 for the. Never gr- heard it. Oh, look this baby up. I'm gonna. For the, I'm gonna. It came out for the Gran Turismo Five game. It's Formula One esque, but the the front wing molds into front fenders that completely enclose the front tires. So it's not just Weird. like a fender over the top, but like the rims are covered too. Huh. It's got a full enclosed canopy. Again, the rear wing all molds into the body and the back. So, like, you couldn't just take the rear wing off. Like, you had to take the entire back of the car off. Twin turbo V6. Mm-hmm. Get this. I'm going to throw these numbers at you guys and just wrap your minds around this. It weighed 1,200 pounds. It had 1,557 horsepower. Jesus. <laughs> Obviously all carbon. Well, yeah. So that's a... a a weight-to-horsepower ratio of 0.77 pounds per horsepower. <laughs> so what does that equate to? Oh, yeah, top speed of over 280 miles an hour. Sheesh. And the it actually came with a rear fan element, kind of like the old Chaparral 2Js back in the old <laughs> sports car days. Yeah. So it acted like a vacuum and essentially sucked all the air up from the back of the car. Yeah. So crazy downforce. Mm-hmm. 
they took, they had Sebastian Vettel, who at the time was a Red Bull driver, take this thing out, you know, virtually on simulators to all the Formula One tracks. It was beating his pole time by an average of 30 seconds per lap. Oh my God. By a half a minute. They well, did. It would have to be virtual because you'd never find tires that could. Do they that. they did make a real version of it. Yeah. That it made the rounds at some European international auto shows. Um, it was on display at uh, the Goodwood Festival of Speed in England mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, I don't think it ever drove. I don't think you could. Yeah, I don't think you. They make a tire that could handle that kind so. of speed <laughs> and g forces. That's really that where of, you're where we're at with modern cars. It's a question of the pieces of rubber that connect into the road. I know there's a problem with uh, that ugly Bugatti they're making. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that ugly Bugatti with an impronounceable name. Yep. The Sharon. Sharon. The Sharon. Sharon. You not call it the Sharon. Like Sharon. Chiron. <laughs> it's a different thing. So, yes, Red Bull X 2010 from the greatest designer in the history of Formula One. He made possibly the best performing car of all time if we could just find tires that could handle it tires and a driver that's a whole long line of those um what are they there was a moniker that grand Turismo was using those um vision grand the, yes the vision, vision grand Turismo. um yeah, yeah with yeah, yeah. crazy things like like the phantasmagorical laser drive system that that Ford like yeah. quote unquote put in the car right, like sure, it's, it's sure. like kind of like unlimited non meat space car design meat space meat space yeah mm, meat M E A T yeah meat space as opposed to cyberspace nope that's not what it, nope we're not doing that no nope, we're, we're not, not doing calling it meat space no. <laughs> Can we wrap up now? <laughs> Meat space. Can we wrap up now, please? I think we better. Okay. So Before I what, say it one more time. Yeah, please don't. I, Tristan, please don't say it again, but who are you thanking today? <laughs> if you can see the look. Come on, God, man. it was so hard you not to say it. tee him up like that. Uh, I won't do it. I won't, I won't do it. Um, I... Would like to thank <laughs> clickbait articles, <laughs> articles for being the my primary research method. <laughs> because, like as, as I mentioned earlier, concept cars is not a place I spend a lot of my time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, a great place to start is flipping through multiple page gallery clickbait articles on, on, on concept thing. cars. So I would like to thank clickbait articles. The Maybe the one and only time I will ever say that phrase. Yeah, it's... This this specific topic is very rife with clickbait articles. Clickbait, yeah. It's very weird, and they're all like the same ten cars. Uh-huh. Yep. Very weird. Andrew, who are you thanking? Um, I would like to thank Meat Space. Oh, yes! Yes! <laughs> no, I want to thank whoever owns this green this Mach, damn Mach 3 that I'm now absolutely sure is probably real. Yeah, for keeping the, the intrigue and the spirit alive, I yeah. guess, right? One day, I, I just want to, I, I got to know more about it. This is going to be... My beautiful mind moment. Just go slowly insane. (laughs) We come up with a lot of those for you, though. Every week, he gets more and more invested in this car. (laughs) That's right, exactly. I would like to thank 
the really cool, friendly British man who sold me that golf racing flag because I've been sitting here staring at it as we do these podcasts, and it's a nice aesthetic to add to our little uh, broadcasting room here. It's just some of the best colors ever selected for a livery. Absolutely. It includes orange. I'm sold. But, like, the the tone of each color is so perfect. Yep. So thank you, British flag vendor from Road America. And thanks to Golf. And thanks for uh, Golf for making a sweet logo and some sweet colors. Hell yeah. And we'd also like to thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Um, Please let us know what you think about this episode. What is your favorite concept car or the car that never was or that almost was? Um, Let us know via the direct emails we mentioned earlier, or you can find us on social media, Facebook, at Check Engine Podcast, Twitter or Instagram, at Check Engine Pod. Message us right on our walls. Let us know what you think. Please be a part of this discussion. Of course, you can listen to us on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, Overcast, Anchor.fm, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, CastBox, Breaker.fm. Audio is the new one. Nice. Thank you so much f- to all those guys, to all those companies for hosting us, letting us stream, um, giving us an outlet. We really, really appreciate it. Just like we appreciate those who tune in. We just made it to 125 likes. Woo. The next milestone, <laughs> a little baby milestone for this podcast. So, it'll be what, episode 16 when this comes out? Something 17. like this. 16 17? or 17? Will be. Really appreciate your guys' support, and we cannot wait to talk to you again. Take care, be safe, good night. Good night, bye now.